God bless you. Good to see you. Hope everybody's doing good. I appreciate your faithfulness to watch and be a part of this uh, live stream. I appreciate your uh, giving. Uh, as Andrew said, what we were able to do to help the food bank and a local nursing home, uh, uh, we, we were able to bless everybody there with some food. And so we're just very grateful and thankful for the opportunity that we have to continue to do good things for God. I appreciate your faithfulness and your obedience in giving. If you have your Bible today, I'd like for you to open it to the book of Matthew, the 16th chapter. We're living in a time where so many people are living with no purpose in their life. Through the last years, we've heard many speak about purpose and talk about purpose. And uh, when, we, when we talk about purpose, I want to try to bring this across today in a way that's a little different than probably what you've ever heard. You know, most of us preachers, we talk about preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I, I understand what we mean when we say preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. But I believe that the Holy Spirit kind of spoke to me and said that we don't preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, we preach the gospel that Jesus preached. What Jesus preached when He came was the kingdom of God. We do preach about Jesus, but we want to also bring the message that Jesus preached was that the kingdom of God is at hand. He came from heaven, born of a virgin, and came to be a part of this earth bringing a message of the kingdom of God. Jesus preached the kingdom of God. He also preached in that the destination of believers. It's not just get in to the body of Christ, not just get in and be born into the family of God. Jesus preached you need to become what He purposed you to become from the foundation of the world. So he wants us to get in the family, but he also wants you to become what he purposed you and I to become. He wants you to be everything that he has made you to be. Now Jesus used a term in scripture and I, I always struggle with how this is pronounced. I've looked it up and I listened to it. Uh, it's eglesia. It's, it's, it's a word that was a, a Greek word. And he used this term, eglesia, um, talking about the church. The word ecclesia, which is spelled with C's or K's, is, is, talks about the called out ones. But this word is a little different word. It's, it's kind of pronounced the same, eglesia. And the Greeks developed this word during their philosophical development of governments. In other words, when they were trying to put together a government, the Greeks formed this word or made this word. And when the Romans invaded Greece, they took over Greek philosophy and they made that philosophy a part of what they were doing. Well, one of the Greek philosophies of government, I guess I should say it that way, one of the Greek philosophies of government was that they would form a group in the government called Ecclesia. 
This group that was formed in the government, and that's the word that Jesus used that came from this, and this was a group that was known as the legislative body that executes government policy. Now listen to me. Ecclesia was a special, called-out group of legislators set up to execute policy of the government. Jesus said in Matthew, He said, Upon this rock I will build my church. That word that He used there for church is Ecclesia. He said, Upon this rock I will build my called out ones to execute my judgment on this earth. I will build my legislative policy of executors to execute what I desire on planet earth. In Matthew's gospel, chapter 16 and verse 18, Jesus declared this. I want to read this verse to you. It says, And I also say unto you, talking to Peter, thou art Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And here's what he said. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now listen carefully to me this morning. In other words, what Jesus was saying, upon this rock I will build my church, Eglisea. We are a government body established on this planet to execute policy. Listen. One of the reasons that the government was afraid of Jesus is because when he was using this word, when he was talking about this term, they thought he was talking about taking over their government. He was talking not about taking over their government, but to form a government of heaven and establish the effects of what heaven has on the earth. That's why he told his disciples, here's how I want you to pray. I want you to pray, thy kingdom come, Thy will be done. Your kingdom come, Lord. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, we don't have church just to come and have a good time and enjoy each other and do all that. We have a mission to accomplish as the ecclesia or the legislative body from heaven to do what He wants to do. We have something that God has purposed for us. So, Really what that's saying, and I hope you can catch this, I hope you hear what I'm saying when I say this, I'm really not a religious guy. I'm a diplomat. I'm not here to be religious or to act like the religions of the world or to be a part of just a religion. I'm here to represent the kingdom of God and the power of God and everything that God declared that He wanted manifested on this earth from heaven. According to the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul used this terminology and he said, I am an ambassador. That's the word he used. He said, I'm an ambassador. And my credentials are not from this earth, they're from heaven. They're from glory is the statement that he used. The Apostle Paul also made the statement and he said that we are citizens of God from heaven. So listen carefully to me. On this planet... We should be executing the legislation from the power of heaven. 
The reason that we have the ability to look at somebody and say you can have eternal life is because Jesus came, purchased eternal life. We registered, we, we have uh, been legislated by him to preach the gospel of the kingdom of God and the kingdom of God, the very life of God now wants to take up residence on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit of God, the third person of the Trinity, takes up residence on the inside of us and we become representatives of God from a heavenly realm. Now listen carefully to me. What does all this mean? What am I trying to say? I don't want to confuse you. I'm not trying to make it complicated. I want to make this as simple as I know how to make it. But here's what we need to understand. We need a vision of what God's called the Eglisea, the church, to do on planet earth today. Jesus made a statement and he said, young men are to see visions. Well, where do the visions that the young men see come from? How do you get or receive a vision? How do you receive a vision for your church, for your life, for your home? For your city? How do you get a vision? How do you get one for your life? What is it that God has called us to do? Now today I'm asking this question to all of us right here who's listening. Where are we today, this moment, in God's plan for this earth right now? What is it that God's trying to do? What purpose does God have for you being where you are at this moment in life? Listen to me. What are we stewards of in the scheme of things right now? What is it that God's wanting us to accomplish on planet Earth? You know, history has some hidden agendas. I was astounded to read an article several years ago, actually, that said, history is usually made unnoticed. It said, people who make history very rarely know they are making history. They're just doing what they were sent here and called here to do. They are just functioning, but they've made history. So I have a question for us today. Do you know what kind of history your life is making? You know, we have a lot of people who give their testimony of what God delivered them from. I'm kind of reminded of the story of the daddy who uh, wanted to take his son to buy him some food and buy him some nice new toys, something he could play with, something he would want to help him get along. Well, when he went to look for the boy, the boy was outside playing in the mud. He was filthy dirty. But daddy brought him in, put him in the bathtub, cleaned him up, got him all cleaned up, trying to get ready to go. And the boy, after he got cleaned up, started playing with one of his toys and he started going on with his toys. And his daddy said, come on, son, we're going. He said, no, I want to play. 
He didn't just clean him up for the purpose of coming in and play him. He wanted to take him somewhere and do something with his life. He was wanting to go somewhere. But the boy, after he got cleaned up, wasn't interested. Well, you know, most of the church wants to talk about getting everybody's life cleaned up. We need to get their life cleaned up. Well, what do you think he cleans your life up for? Because he has a purpose for you to accomplish with your life. Jesus asked people all the time, do you know the time of your visitation. What he's actually saying there is, do you know what's the purpose of you being here right now? Do you know what's happening in this planet right now? I believe God has purpose in everything that happens on planet earth. I believe God will get in the middle of anything and everything to bring about his purpose. I believe that God will get involved in your life wherever you are for whatever reason you're dealing with what you're dealing with to go through what you're going through. God wants purpose in your life. Listen to me. Say these statements. It's a tragedy in life when a tragedy in life when a tree dies in a seed. It's a tragedy in life when success dies in failure. It's a tragedy in life when a good idea dies in the mind. We have an idea, but that idea never comes to fruitation because we let it die in our mind. When visions that we have from God, it's a tragedy. When visions die unseen. When songs die unsung. When a plan dies unexecuted. You can have a plan to go do something, but if you never do anything with it, what good is the plan? It's tragic when somebody's future gets buried in their past. So many people don't want to go where God wants them to go because they talk about their past and their past is still controlling their future. Your past should not be in control of your future. Your future is what determines your past. Whatever we do today will be our history tomorrow. What are you doing with your life today, this moment? It's a tragedy when hope dies in despair. When what could have been becomes what should have been. Listen carefully. My concern, I want to slow down and say this so you can hear me. My concern is that the wealth of a dream could be dashed in the poverty of discouragement. Now that we're being quarantined, that we're being shut down, that we're not able to do all that we need to do, we ought to be spending with God, dreaming dreams, seeing visions, getting excited about what God wants to do with us, not get discouraged and not liking how things are because everything's not going to stay the way it is this very moment. The wealth of a dream, when it gets dis dashed in the, in the poverty of discouragement and you become so discouraged you can't accomplish what God has put you here on the earth to do. I constantly deal with somebody wanting to criticize or say something that's discouraging. I see it everywhere. I hear it all the time. We have people want to discourage. You can't live in the discouragement. 
You can't let the discouragement be in charge of your life. I want to shock you today. I'm trying to say some things today to get you out of where you've been all your life. The greatest tragedy in life is not death. The greatest tragedy in life is a life without a purpose. It's the person who has life in them but has no purpose. My greatest concern today is, do we really know why we are living? If you don't know why you're alive, then your life is in danger. If you don't know why you have life in you, what are you going to do? You're in danger. Life is just too short to be an experiment. Let me ask you that question. Is your life an experiment? Are you motivated by a hypothesis? Are you a living assumption? You just assume that you were here to exist until you die and that you're just here to get by and get along until time runs out? Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. I realized the other day, I've been given a life sentence. I was watching this program on TV, and it was those who are on, in prison for life. Their whole life, the rest of their life is set to be in prison. They have a life sentence. And I'm sitting there and I feel like that the Lord is saying, I've given you a life sentence. And I'm saying, Lord, what do you mean? Well, I'm sentencing you to start living an abundant life because my son Jesus came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And I want you to live a life sentence of abundance. Walking in my strength and my power and my wisdom and my knowledge and represent me on planet earth. You have a life sentence to be everything I have purposed you to be. And I'm sitting there thinking, wow. I shouldn't be discouraged about the problems because I can overcome the problems. I shouldn't be discouraged about what the devil may want to bring at me because the devil wants to stop me from living an abundant life with the strength and the power and the wisdom and the knowledge of everything God and His Word declares that God placed me on planet earth for. In Colossians chapter 3, Colossians chapter 3, now listen to this. I have a life sentence. My life sentence is Jesus is going to live in me the rest of my life. Jesus is going to stay alive in me every day I'm here on planet earth. And when I step out of this body, I'm going to step into his spiritual presence where he is. But he has a life sentence to live in me. So what am I saying? I'm saying Christ now lives in me. Guys, do you realize what an abundant life that is? 
the Son of God, Jesus, the Savior of the world, has decided to take up His residence on the inside of us. Can you tell me that doesn't bring us an abundant life, life in Christ? In Colossians chapter 3 and verse 3, it says, For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. I've been sentenced to spend the rest of my life hidden with Christ in God. I've died. My life is hidden with Christ in God. If you belong to Christ, you have a life sentence too. So today, because Christ lives in me and you, we have life with a purpose. I sang as a little boy a song. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let the light that's shining in our lives is not really Stuart Farley's life. It's the life of Jesus. Jesus is the light of the world. I want his light to shine through me. I want his light to shine through you. God wants to live his life in you and through you. So today, my life has a meaning. Your life has meaning. God made you and I for a purpose. God made you and I with a purpose. Your purpose that you have here has a time. Yeah, it has a time. Now is the time. You know, it amazes me how many people say, I just don't have enough time to do anything. I just don't have enough time to get anything. Well, we've been in a season where most of you have more time and you know what to do with. So what are you doing with this time? Are you wasting this time? I'm not trying to be critical, but today our problem is not time. Can't be. Let me, let me make this statement to you also so that you understand that. Do you realize that everybody on planet Earth has the same amount of time? You have just as much time as I have. Tomorrow or today, we have 24 hours. We have seven days a week, or 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 52 weeks a year. I don't know how many years we've got, but we all have the same amount of time. Time has no favorites. I realize that time for some runs out. I understand that. But time has no favorites. We are creatures of time, listen carefully to me, created by a God who created time. Genesis is not the beginning of all things. It's the beginning of time. The first thing he did was set night and day. He began the process of declaring time, and he put time in motion on planet earth. Time, though precious, can be the greatest source of frustration and destruction in your life if you don't understand time moves for everybody at the same rate at the same time. Time without reason becomes burden. In the book of Ecclesiastes, 
chapter 3, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 10, listen at what he says. He said, He has made everything, everything beautiful in its time. Also, He has put eternity in their hearts, except that no one can find out the work that God does from the beginning to end. He has made everything perfect in His time. In verse 10, He says, I have seen the God-given task with which the sons of men are able to be occupied. He has made everything beautiful in its time. What he's literally saying there is that God gives everything a time to be perfect in itself. Everything is beautiful in its time. He's saying everything that exists on planet earth has a purpose. If you go back to Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1, the very first verse of this chapter, he says, to everything there is a season. He's saying to every purpose there is, there is a time. So you come here to planet earth with a purpose. You realize that he washed you and cleansed you from the world and he brought you into his church and when he cleansed you from sin and brought you into His church. He saved you because He had a purpose for your life. Maybe, just maybe, now is the time that He wants you to fulfill your purpose. Today may be the day that He has joined us together for the purpose of accomplishing what heaven wants manifested on planet earth may be what God's wanting to do on this earth. Maybe now is the time, maybe now is the season that he can do what he desires to do through us on planet earth. You see, we have a responsibility to discover our purpose. And we have a responsibility to live life with a purpose. What is our purpose? What is our purpose in this life? So you and I came here with a purpose and there's a time for you and I to fulfill it. And listen to me, we don't have forever. There will come an end to my life on this earth in your life. But while we're here, we need to fulfill the purpose that God has for us. Please listen to me say this. Purpose is what gives meaning to time. You know, history doesn't record time. It records purpose. Let me say that again. History doesn't record time. It records purpose. History is a record of people who had purpose and those who attempted to discover what their purpose was. History is about people's lives. If you study the history of America, you'll see men who impacted the history of this nation. We are where we are because of men 
who came to this earth with a purpose and they fulfilled their purpose and their purpose brought us many of the things that we have and that we deal with in life today. History is about people's lives that did something. Let me say it again. History is about people's lives that did something. History is here today waiting to record our time. Hear me carefully. History is here today wanting to record our time and today history is waiting for a report of what we're doing to give to the next generation. History is saying to us, Give me something with your life that we can tell your children's children. What are we passing on to the next generation? My question today, for those of you who are a part of Rama Christian Center and a part of what we're doing, my question to you is, what will history say about Rama Christian Center? Will it just say, boy, those were some nice people who went there who built some nice facilities and they were wonderful and they had some really sweet, nice church services. History saying, give me something to tell your children's ch children. Listen to me. To the people of Rama Christian Center, I want you to understand. Hear me say it to you, please. God joined us together. God put us together because together we have a purpose to do and a thing to accomplish and stuff to get done that only we can do because God purposed to bring us together to do. We've been joined together for purpose. I want to try to wrap this up pretty briefly here in just a moment, but listen to me. Today, one of the things that we have is time. We have time. Today, we not only have time, we have life. We have time, we have life. But time and life without purpose is tragic. If we just spend our time and live our life for no purpose, it's tragic. It's a tragedy. Purpose uses time to take us to the future. Hear me say this, today, this moment, right here, right now, our future is here. What are you and I going to do with the time that we have and the purpose that God had placed us and joined us together to accomplish? Purpose is a glimpse of the future. So what is purpose? Please pay attention in the next few moments. Purpose is the original intent for the creation of the thing. The original intent for the creation of the thing. Purpose is what was wanted to make a maker make it. Why does a maker make something? Because he has a purpose for it. You don't just make something to have it with no purpose. A maker makes it for a purpose. He made you and I with a purpose. Purpose 
was what was wanted to make something come into existence. Everything was created because of something that was wanted. A manufacturer wants something, you know. He wants something, so what does he do? He creates something that he wants because he wants it. If he wants it, he's going to manufacture it. If he needs this, he's going to make it. That's why he creates it. He creates it so he can get what he wants. So purpose is always before creation. Pastor, what do you mean? What are you talking about? When somebody creates something, they already have a purpose for it. What do you, if I need something, what do you think an invention is? An invention is inventing something for a purpose. There's a purpose in it. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, it says, Just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. Now notice what this verse says. Just as He chose us in Him. I'm dead and in Him before God. I'm in Christ before God. Just as He chose us in Him. Isn't it just before the foundation of the world? So, when did God choose you? He chose you before the foundation of the world. God chose you before there was an earth. Matter of fact, He made the earth so that He would have a place to put you. You were in His heart, and you were the purpose before there was ever an earth. So when He birthed you, you were born with a purpose. Not only were you born with a purpose, what that literally means is you were born with something to do. You know, it's hard for us to really understand God, but when God starts something, He knows how He's going to finish it before He ever starts it. Yeah. He knows how He's going to finish it before He ever starts it. That's why He's called the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. They always ask me what I'm titling a message, and I'm titling this message today, Omega Alpha. What do you mean? Well, He knew the end before the beginning. He knew where he was going. He knows the end of your life before your life ever started. He knows what purpose he has for you before you ever began. So here's what I'm trying to say, and here's what I'm trying to get across. God never starts anything until he has finished what is already finished. Let me say that again. God never starts anything until what is finished is already finished. God begins with the finish, then He backs up and starts. We've got to understand a little bit about God in order to understand vision. You think I'm crazy? You don't think I know what I'm talking about? Over in the book of Isaiah, the 46th chapter, Isaiah 46, verse 9 says, Remember the former things of old, 
for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning. God says, I'm God and I've already declared the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. God says, I make known the end from the beginning. He says, declaring the end from the beginning. He's saying, I set the end first, then I back up and start. Whatever I start, it's because I'm finished. Do you realize that we are a part of a finished work? Jesus finished redemption for the world. It's already complete. It's done. We're a part of activating it and manifesting it on planet earth. Jesus has already healed the sick. He's cleansed the lepers. He's raised the dead. We have a role to play. We have a function. God's saying, whenever I start, I'm finished. God never experiments. He doesn't have to experiment because he's finished. If God starts a church, it's finished. Yeah, he has a purpose for that church. He has something for that church to accomplish. Notice what he said there in verse 10. And from ancient times, things that are not yet done. A man who is without a purpose is like a ship without a rudder. The waves come, the tides take it where it wants, the wind moves it. It has no ability to go anywhere because it doesn't have a rudder. It's just drifting with the tide that comes along. Now listen to me. If you don't know your purpose, someone will give you theirs. You've got to know what your purpose is. If you don't know where you're going, you can take any road and get there if you don't know where you're going. But if you know your purpose, you need to fulfill your purpose. There are only certain roads that can take you where God wants you to go. The problem with not knowing your purpose is you don't know when you've arrived. All of your life is just traveling. Where are we going to find vision? Where are we going to find what we need? Well, your vision is found in the Word of God. If you were made by God and God's Word is alive on the inside of you, His Word is filled with your purpose. And you need to understand that you're going to find your vision for your life in the Word of God. Everything in life has a purpose. But not every purpose is known. Listen to me. If you want to know the purpose of a thing, you don't ask the thing what its purpose is. No. Why? The purpose of a thing is only found in the mind of the maker. This is the mind of Christ. This is the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. God's Word is here. You are in this book as part of His creation, and you have a purpose. 
Because purpose is found in the mind of God and when you let this mind be in you which was in Christ Jesus who thought it not robbery to be equal with God but made of himself no reputation, you begin to realize that God now has given me life, abundant life, not so I can just live what I want to live but so that my life can be everything that God has purposed me to be. From the beginning of time, God had a purpose for you. From the beginning of time, God had something in mind for you. Will you not try to discover what's in the mind of God for you? I'm asking God, God, what you have in mind when you made me? God, what was in your mind when you made Rhema Christian Center and you begin to bring people together to be here to be a part of what you've placed in my heart to do? The lives that you be changed. Lord, what is it here that you want to do through us that will impact the next generation? His life is in you and I. What are we going to do with the life of God that's in us? We've got to see, have a vision of God living in us. I believe that God's called us to impact another generation. I think He's called us and I believe that He's called us to impact those who are... Listen, there's a world out here who's addicted to drugs. There's people out here who's addicted to all kinds of things. And Jesus came to set them free. There is freedom from sin sickness, disease, and oppression. There is freedom in Christ Jesus and He has called us to be free to live for Him and serve Him all of the days of our life. Jesus said, I've come that you may have abundant life. Abundant life is doing the will of the Father in all things. My prayer for you today is that you'll open up your heart to the purpose of God and that you will discover God's purpose in you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your love and your goodness, your mercy, your kindness. I thank you for purpose. Lord, you have declared the end from the beginning. So Lord Jesus, help me to reach my end with joy, knowing I've done everything you have purposed me to do in this life. Thank you, Lord, for your abundant life. Thank you for those of us who are participating with you in building your kingdom on this earth. Thank you for the church and the power of the church to declare the riches of heaven on planet earth. We give you praise and honor now in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. I love you. Hope to see you soon.